This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Time to talk to Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So let's talk about the province's housing plan here. Non-stop. And yeah, the bills are just coming thick and furious here on housing. Yeah, so we had another one yesterday, which gives municipalities greater power to uh, impose levies, what are called amenity costs, to help defray infrastructure uh, pressures that come with uh, added density. Who do they levy it on? Well, presumably it's going to be part of the developer. Um, and, and the other thing is it's going to be levied up front. So you know what the costs are going in instead of these, as in some cases, uh, years-long negotiations or, or whatever um, to figure out how to pay for, you know, um, more amenities, whether it's, you know, uh, neighborhood pressures, pipes, water pipes, sewer pipes, all sorts of things that come with it. So that was yesterday's bill. Before that, of course, was the zoning bill, which is the province really um, reaching over the heads of the municipalities. This is the density bill, the density, densify these yeah. neighborhoods. And then today, this afternoon, they're not done. We have another bill coming mm. up uh, from Ravi Kalan and Transportation Minister Rob Fleming. And this is one that's going to increase density and housing around rapid transit, um, SkyTrain stations and major bus uh, interchanges. Um, and around community am- amenities, which presumably are things like uh, rec centers and the like. So the housing is what's interesting. <clears throat> you don't normally see heavy, detailed legislation in a fall legislature s- setting. That's usually in the spring. Yeah. The fall is more housekeeping, you know, uh, fixing things up type legislation, not a heavy um, burden. This is different. This is These are major pieces of legislation. But again... A number of these bills lack a lot of the details uh, because presumably they're just not ready yet. We're still waiting to see what the zoning package is going to look like for municipalities. We we might not know that, or they might not know that till December. Yeah. So the bill is going to pass. Uh, the the short term rental housing. We're still waiting for the regulations, which are still probably some time away before you see all the fine print associated with this major piece of legislation. So, yeah, we're expecting another big bill today. But I'm not sure we're going to get all the details. Okay, it's interesting. If you take a look at some of the opinion polls in in this province, the NDP and David Eby still continue to do really well. But then you take a look at the negatives. Like you ask people, do you think the government's doing a good job or a bad job on housing? How people are not happy with housing, right? They got big negatives. The government clearly is is aware they're they're vulnerable on this politically too, right? Think that's a factor? Yeah, for sure. I think um, I think they're giving the impression because of this the headlines that are being generated on this, there's this impression now that the government's doing something on housing. Yeah. <laughs> because there's something, all these bills are suddenly in front of the they house. They seem that, to be doing a lot. They're, they're, yeah, they're doing, yeah. but we haven't seen, we're not going to see the impact of this legislation for quite some time. Yes. You would think. But I, they're giving the impression to the public something's happening on housing. Yeah. Uh, we just don't, we're not going to see it for okay. some time. But it, it's interesting, you're right. Uh, the government, the NDP gets very low marks on housing, yeah. affordability, health care, uh, they do better in healthcare, actually, than than the other two. But those are the three big issues that the public points to. As, yeah. and crime the, is another one. 
Crime is not quite as high. The last few polls I've seen from uh, Angus Reid, Ipsos, Main Street is uh, inflation, cost of living, and housing yeah. and healthcare are right. way ahead of any other issue. Crime yeah. is the you know down a significant notch than those ones, but it's not translating into changing votes. You know, NDP still you know well positioned to win an election. Okay, you got some municipalities that are grumpy about this, right? Because you've got the provincial government threatening to bigfoot them here, bring the hammer down, force through this density. Ravi Kalon, the housing minister, said the other day that they're going to increase, force these municipalities to increase housing by 30% Mm -hmm. uh, over above what they were already planning. And So let's play a clip here of uh, Eric Woodward. So this is the mayor of Langley Township on the show earlier this week, not happy with this provincial threat to force through all this density, especially in single-family zone neighborhoods, detached homes, which they're planning to build in this municipality. Here's what he said to me, and I'll get your thoughts. Randomly sprinkling six-unit apartment buildings next to single-family homes on dead-end cul-de-sacs. I'm not sure that's a plan. That may be a good soundbite to respond to a housing crisis, but that's not that's not a real plan. Yeah, so Woodward's been out there, I think, more than any other mayor, uh, voicing concern about some of these zoning changes. Uh, Langley, I think, is probably in a unique situation compared to some more densified um, place. Like Burnaby, for example, in Vancouver, are basically developed um, compared to Langley, which has a lot of unde- more undeveloped areas. But Woodward is saying, look, we've already got a plan. Yeah, to densify uh, and to gently densify in some areas. So, you know, basically it raises the issue. Should provincial provincial government have an overreach over municipal powers when it comes to zoning? And that's the heart of that bill. And that's why you're going to see some pushback by some mayors and not by others. Right. And one of the things he told me was they're worried about some of these cost pressures that would come with all these yeah. all these new houses and people that they want to bring the, the province wants to force in there. So he mentioned things like, you know, uh, school capacity, firefighting capacity, uh, roads, bridges, sewers, uh, parking. Right. That's the one that comes up all well, the time. Parking. Today in the Tory Times columnist uh, where the Souk School District, which is just, you know, east of us. Uh, the population there has exploded, yeah, uh, and housing has exploded there. But the the pressure on the schools there. We talk about Surrey portables. Well, the little tiny municipality of Souk has something like almost sixty portables out there. Mm. Doesn't get a lot of attention, but that's an example of uh, because uh, people have had to locate out there because you can't afford housing in Victoria, the capital region, the central area is still way unaffordable. So you have to go out to the outlying areas of the capital region. And you just take this as a, a, you know, you can replay this, our situation to a lot of other places around BC. So that's an area where the school population has exploded and they haven't been able to keep up the pace. Right. Okay. So the province responding yesterday, as you touched on, so let's listen to the housing minister, Ravi Kalon, here saying the province is, is going to help municipalities here. Let's listen. We understand local governments need money for infrastructure. What we're saying with this legislation is this new tool allows for that to be done in a transparent way in the front end so they can get the dollars they need for that infrastructure. And it takes away the negotiating that takes often uh, sometimes years to get housing built. So, so as you said, it would give municipalities wider taxation authorities effectively? Well, I... They're not calling it taxation. They're calling it amenity costs. So So they would charge developers fees, upfront fees, right, to help pay for this infrastructure. Doesn't that drive up the cost of housing? Well, we'll we'll have to see whether that's 
the the outcome. I'm mean, right now. There's been reports out that show um, how much of a cost a housing unit is actually attributable uh, to these development costs. Yeah, that are right now are part of the, part of the and also the bill yesterday broadened the development costs that can be incurred here to allow to the the construction of fire halls, police stations. Uh, solid waste facilities. Yeah, uh, all this stuff you need with more yeah. people, right? And so it just gives the municipalities broader powers to collect this money. Okay, interesting. So it's not gonna, so again, the bill doesn't have any numbers in it. There's no, there's no, there's no equation. There's no numbers that we can see. It's just you go ahead and fill your boots. Okay, it was. Let's let's finish up uh, south of the border here. So it was election day yesterday yes. in the United States, well, and, in, in many states, yeah, in, in a lot of states. So this is what they call the off-year elections in the United States. So a lot of governors up for election and that State kind of thing. Legislatures, yeah, big, big blue wave. It was that's really Democrats. interesting. The Democrats did really well, despite the fact that you know Biden has been struggling in the Biden's polls. Biden's been struggling with personal numbers. Uh, the New York Times had a poll out uh, two days ago that showed Biden, uh, uh, Trump was ahead. Of uh, Biden in uh, in yeah. six key swing states, but then yeah. look what happened when people actually went to vote. Rather they voted Democrats. They voted Democrats. So they, they voted Democrats. The Democrats took control of both legislatures in Virginia, mm. which is a key state. I mean, if you want to pick battleground states, Virginia and Ohio. So the Democrats won both houses in Virginia, and then in Ohio there was a plebiscite to enshrine abortion rights yes. in the state constitution. Won overwhelmingly. And the Democrats won the governorship in Kentucky, which is not normally a Democrat stronghold. Okay, speaking of Kentucky, so Trump, Donald Trump, had endorsed the Republican candidate for Kentucky governor, challenging the Democratic governor there in Kentucky. And this Republican, despite Trump's uh, endorsement, lost. Let's listen to Trump here. So here he is endorsing Daniel Cameron, the Republican Uh, the mega candidate for Kentucky governor who lost last night. Let's listen to Trump here. Daniel Cameron is a young star who has done a great job as your attorney general. He will eliminate Kentucky's income tax and will support the working men and women of Kentucky just like I did for four great years. His opponent, current Governor Andy Beshear, has been a disaster for Kentucky. He endorsed crooked Joe Biden, which in itself is a... About as bad as it gets. Yeah. So he says this uh, this Democrat has been a, a disaster, and then the people there voted for him anyway. So Trump's candidate got creamed there. So yeah. uh, this is very, very good this news, is good for, news for Biden. I still don't think Biden is out of the woods here. I think he's still in no, trouble. No, you're still going to see Democrats talking about should someone else yeah. be the nominee. I mean, yeah. that, that talk is not going away. But I have to say, just like the midterm elections, which were big wins for Democrats, Yesterday's vote is a is a, a big win for Biden. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. At open phone lines right now, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. John and Langley. Hi, John, go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. I'm a little disappointed in the NDP, of course, after Mr. Horrigan left. Uh, uh, Mr. Eby's uh, bar is set quite high for him to, to measure up to that, but... 
their, their their MO seems to be make a law and increase some taxes or create a tax and make another law. And as far as the density out here in the township of Langley where I live, uh, in Brookswood, uh, we're on quarter-acre lots, and we're all on septic tanks. And pigs will fly in great flocks before there's any high density here because uh, the, the land here just won't take it. You can't have six uh, homes on a, a quarter-acre lot with six septic tanks. It's just not going to happen. So Mr. Eby uh, has to take a long look at what some of the ramifications are on these statements that he makes. Thank you. Thank you, John. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, yeah. um, the market's also going to determine, you know, how much density is, is going to be there. Yeah. Because developers aren't going to build something that they're going to lose money on. Um, so the, the economics of development have to be factored in as well. So the government's creating the possibility of densification. Yeah. But we'll see if the market uh, sustains that. Well, and if, you and, know. And, 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 no, I mean, it's a good point. I, you know, that many homes on septic tanks? Well, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that's a great again, point. They that, need some sewers out there. So the infrastructure <laughs> problem. Yeah. So you're not gonna, he's right. You're not going to build multi-housing units on a septic lot. <laughs> yeah, you better start building sewers. Okay. <laughs> exactly. uh, Star 9898 on your cell. Dwight in Kelowna. Hi, Dwight. Go ahead. Hey, I got a whole bunch of comments, but number one, I think um, the governments collectively have ignored this for too long, and now they're trying to play catch up. The federal government has exasperated the situation by the what they've allowed as far as people coming in the country. And I'm pro-immigration, by the way. I'm not anti-immigration. Um, so now they're all dictating and forcing the issues to happen, and I have a real concern as they move to density uh, of what the end result's going to be, separate from infrastructure and all that. You know, design, style, to me, I can just see a hodgepodge, and we have some of that in Kelowna, and there's a lot of construction going on here. Um, there is extra cost to be involved, but I am so tired of every level of government pleading poverty when uh, they never go through the books and see where they can reallocate money or put money back in the taxpayer's pocket. Uh, they've got reserves. Um, just more fees and more taxes are just going to make the day-to-day -day okay. life of, of us well, thank you for the call. Well, it, no yeah, it's, thanks it, for the call. It's the start of a great experiment, a, a big experiment. Mm -hmm. We've never seen this type of legislation before. We don't know how it's going to end up. Uh, the government has intentions, but we don't know how it's going to play out at the local level. I mean, like I say, putting six lots on a lot sounds okay, interesting idea, but how many actually are going to occur? Because again, I still think market forces haven't been talked about a lot here. They've talked about government opening the door to this type of thing and trying to get municipalities to okay this. But someone's got to build the housing. Yeah. You know, who's going to build it? And it's expensive. And who's going to sell it? Yeah. Who's going to yeah. buy it? And the, the interesting, the, the caller started with a comment about uh, immigration here. Now, you, you, we continue to hear this come up all the time. Like the, you know, people will say, well, they're letting too many immigrants into the country. This is one of the problems. The, the federal government not backing off of those immigration targets at all. And I think the concern there is the government is saying we need skilled workers to come in. And they're also very worried about the sustainability of social programs going forward if you don't have enough uh, new workers paying taxes in the system to, to support well, there's a everybody who's retiring. Yeah, there's a genuine concern about the workforce, for yeah. sure, with mass retirements of the boomer generation and not enough people filling some of these skilled jobs. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, there was just recent report in the construction industry. Huge yeah. need for yeah. not only skilled apprentices and skilled workers, but even um, I did a report a few years ago where the BC Construction Association pointed out the number of of foremen, uh, site supervisors retiring, 
was critical. And you just don't become a foreman overnight. You've got to have years of experience. And that's a that's just one example of a, a lack of workers.